Welcome to the Drop Hunters podcast where we launch into all things NFL fantasy from down under. My name is Jasper Chelapar and I'm joined by Ben Felosi as always. Ben, how are you? Are you looking forward to, to a week 13 um, bit, of, bit of NFL fantasy? Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to this week. Hopefully I, my team can do a little bit better than what they did last week. I made a, I made a few errors with my fantasy team. Um, I did start CeeDee Lamb who didn't end up playing. And I also broadened Tony Jones Jr. because I thought that as the New Orleans running back, he would get a ton of work and he got 16 carries, but only had about 20 yards. So he didn't really give me much <laughs> score either. So I was still lucky to get the win thanks to Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions. But honestly, I, I should not have won this week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to sort of right my wrongs from last week and hopefully put up a decent score this week. Are you telling me that you had 1.6 points between... Who are they? Tony Jones and C.D. Lamb, and you still won. <laughs> uh, Tony Jones gave me two point seven. I think he 7. had one catch, <laughs> and I also had McCaffrey, who only gave me three point five. So I somehow lucked Jeez. out pretty hard this week. That was a low-scoring week. Wait, what did you score to win? <laughs> uh 91.9 yeah jeez. so i had like a 50 point win i put up 134 points on todd he didn't he didn't know what hit him i had uh the likes of eckler and elijah mitchell going off um debo samuel has just become the best running back in the league somehow i think he had one reception and he put up 20 points as a wide receiver it's absolutely ridiculous what he's been able to do lately so yeah i'm on a roll now i think i've won six in a row um leading the league uh and we're looking good right now the um so I, I hopefully will be able to continue on this week. Let's get into what, what our calls were from last week, firstly, because I had a couple of good ones, maybe maybe one that didn't pan out too well, but, but what were yours? Um, so I sort of had a similar sort of um, to you, where I had sort of one good start, one bad start, and then one good bench and sort of one bad bench. So with my starts, I did stay, say at the start, um, Devontae Freeman from uh, Baltimore and, he only put up 6.5 points, wasn't sort of overly involved in the passing game as much as what he'd been in previous weeks and was unable to get a touchdown as well, which he had been doing. So only put up the 6.5. But then my call on Gronk looked pretty good. So, yes. um, yeah, 15.8, got massive yardage of 123 and was targeted 10 times. So I think Gronk's, Gronk's back and he's going to be probably one of the best tight ends if coaches have him leading into the playoffs for sure. Gronk um, and, and, and Kelsey, the, yeah, for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, Those, exactly. They're the top two. Yeah, and the people that picked up Gronk in the, their drafts probably got him a bit later than what um, the way he's scoring at the moment, so they'd yeah. be definitely happy with that. Um, and then with my benches, Alex Collins only put up 1.2 points. Only had 7Ks and 14 yards because um, Seattle perhaps just didn't run the ball at all, so that looked good. But then my, my T. Higgins call um, was horrible. He had 20.4 <laughs> points. Um, had the best game of the season, 114 yards of touchdown. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was the main receiver for the Bengals against uh, Pittsburgh, which I didn't see coming. But, you know, good, good on for him, I guess. But, um, yeah, how'd your calls go? Yeah, I, I was similar to you, as, as you said. So, firstly, Antonio Gibson, after being a bench for so long for me, had the bye, came back refreshed. He's getting 20-plus carries now. On the weekend, he had one of the standout running back games of the season for mine. He had 20.1 points. But to consider that this score didn't include a touchdown, I mean, he had 29 carries. He was 7 of 7 for his receptions and, and targets. 
um, and, and no touchdown. It's unbelievable what he was able to do against that Seattle defense, which is looking pretty shoddy right now. Um, Elijah Moore was a, a guy I said to start, and it didn't quite pan out. 7.3, which is still respectfully, he had four catches off his eight targets. So I, th- I think it's still a decent uh, number of targets for him, and, and he is a kind of a guy that can make plays after catching the ball as well. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad play on my part. Um, for my benches, I had Michael Pittman Jr., who also had 7.3. I was pretty happy about that one in the end. I think he had 10 targets. So I'll, I'll take him um, having only 7.3 from 10 targets. Um, and then Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. So he's a, kind of a combo play for mine because they were just going to eat into each other. Um, firstly, Ramondre Stevenson only had, had the 4.6 off nine carries. He just isn't quite a starter right now whenever Damian Harris is fit. Uh, and then Harris had his 11 carries. He ended up with 11.7 points uh, because he did get that touchdown for the Patriots. But I think all in all, they were, they were pretty good calls um, from both of us. I think the T Higgins one was, it was hilarious. I was watching the game and um, I feel like, I feel like it hasn't happened too often this year that a guy we say to sit has like the best game of their season, because it feels like it probably should happen more often than not, because like when you call something, it's just bound to go the the opposite way sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything sort of leading up to the game was showing that sort of he hadn't been involved in the offense. He hadn't caught the touchdown since week two. So it didn't really look like he was going to put up sort of big points, especially being sort of the third choice wide receiver. But um, yeah, obviously he had a big game and, yeah, that's good, good for Cincinnati as well if they have him as a weapon um, leading into their sort of push for the playoffs. Now, the week 12, oh, sorry, the week 13 buys, uh, we're looking at the Panthers, the Browns, the Packers, and the Titans. So, yeah, there are some very fantasy, um, some fantasy assets that we're going to be missing due to the buy in week 13. You know, the guys like Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, um, Devontae Adams, also looking at Nick Chubb. Uh, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey as well has been put onto IR, Ben. Again, this is an yeah. absolute nightmare for your number one pick. <laughs> um, yeah, my running back situation at the moment is really <laughs> bad because I also have Aaron Jones. So, um, yeah, um, obviously I, I spoke to you yesterday about making a trade for a, a running back, um, which I would need to follow up with because I'm in desperate need at the moment. Let's talk after the pod. Trying to punt it away for Auburn. He can kick the ball again, Sipos. He's a good kick. Let's get into Sipos' starters, the players we were getting on field, because they're going to go big this week. We've never been wrong before, um, despite what we are talking about, about our last week's calls. Firstly, Ben, um, this is a guy from the Oakland for the Oakland Raiders, geez, that's a throwback. The Las Vegas Raiders, um, who's been absolutely going off with with some more opportunity. Um, yeah, so there's a guy I mentioned a few weeks back, but it's a uh, Hunter Renfro. So obviously, we know the situation um, with the Raiders, where they've they've lost a few um, of their wide receivers and a few of their weapons and everything. So, um, but Hunter Renfro's definitely stepped up in the sort of last month, um, and then he's got an extremely favorable matchup as well this week against Washington, who. Have you know their defense has not been what we thought it would be at the start of the year? But um, Renfro's last month he's put up a scores of 14.4, 14.1, 5.5, 5.5, and 17.6 last week. And with that 5.5, it was a bit of an outlier because he did have his lowest targets and yards for the season that week. Um, and obviously, he's bounced back with the 17.6 last week. And we see him and Derek Henry, they've got a great connection. Oh, so, Derek Carr have got a great connection at the moment. Um, and Carr's just looking to get the ball to him as much as possible. He's doing a great job of getting yards after the catch as well. And with Vegas' heavily, uh, sort of heavy pass offense, I think it's well suited to Renfro's game. Where he's going to get 
plenty of targets and plenty of yards this week. So I think he's a definite starter and I'm, I'm, I'll be starting him this week for sure. Just the quantity that he's getting right now from Derek Carr is looking pretty good. Their connections um, turned out to be re- really good this season as well. Uh, so, yeah, Renfro is definitely a start if you have him. If you're fortunate enough to have picked him up um, after the news about, you know, Henry Ruggs or, or Darren Waller or whoever it may be um, from that Raiders outfit that missed, um, I think he was on the wave wire for a lot of um, for a lot of leagues. And to pick him up, you know, you've got a really solid asset to, to finish off your season going into finals. Now, who, who's, who's going to be your running back? Uh, so Miles Gaskin, I reckon, is one that should definitely be getting started this week. Um, so obviously, we know he's had a pretty inconsistent season, but he's coming off two really good scores of 18.2 and 17.1 the past two weeks. Um, and we're seeing that his production definitely increased and he's finding the end zone. So I think coaches should ride his sort of hot form at the moment, especially coming up against the Giants, who last week allowed 208 rushing yards to the Eagles. And they're currently ranked 27th in points allowed to running backs. So I think the Gaskins now back involved uh, or more involved in the offense. Um, and so I think he's definitely one that should be um, starred as well, especially with the Giants offense at the moment being pretty beat up. And I think they're going to struggle to hold the ball and sort of progress up the field um, with you know, Daniel Jones out. We know all their receivers are pretty much questionable every week. So I think the Dolphins are going to have plenty of opportunities to make plays. And that means Gaston's going to have plenty of opportunities to, to go get um, some points. Now I'll go into mine. Um, Gaskin, you know, it's a bit embarrassing because I, two weeks ago I literally had him as one of my sits, and he went up and put seventeen points on the Jets. So I, I do think he is a start. You're right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go running back first, and it's Alexander Madison against Detroit. It does seem a little bit obvious um, because we know how good he is without Davin Cook. But at the same time, if you have two running backs set, then you might be hesitant to bring on Madison because you haven't seen anything recently of, of it. You know, the last eight weeks, eight ten weeks even. Um, but before, when Davin Cook was out for, for the extended period of time earlier in the season, he had games of 20.1 and 22.8 this season. And there was only one touchdown between those games. So he was getting a lot of meterage on the ground. He was having 20-plus carries. And he was also being used in the passing game out of the backfield. Um, I think he just absolutely thrives when Cook is injured. He's one of the best uh, backups in the league at the running back position. He's, he's definitely a top 32 running back in the NFL, that's for sure. Um, you can also, you know, just be used in the passing game, which is huge in your half PPR leagues or full PPR leagues. We're, we're half, obviously, on this podcast. Um, but I expect him to feast on the Lions' defense this week. And I think the Vikings, you know, they desperately need to get back in the win column. And, and I think Alexander Madison will be a big reason for why they do this week. My second one, uh, I'll go with a wide receiver here. Uh, and it's Brandon Ayuk against Seattle. Now, Ayuk is, you know, he's at 18 points with a touchdown. He had 11 points last week. Um, so over his last two weeks, he's looking pretty promising and, and he's built into form. I think he was a start when he had that 18 points for me. No Debo means, you know, Jimmy G will be he- heavily relying on Elijah Mitchell in the run game, but he'll also be relying on Kittle and Ayuk. And they're really the only genuine options um, when when we're talking Jimmy G and who he trusts to, to throw the ball to. Yeah, I, he's building into this season, and I think he really could explode here. He could have a, he could have a, cut, a touchdown and a hundred yards, in my opinion. Um, he has a talent to take up a lot of what Debo has been doing. You know, receiving the ball on the flats and making plays, even running the ball at some points. Ayuk takes a lot of the um, like the touchbacks and whatnot. So, I think there's you know kind of an opportunity for him possibly to run the ball like Ayuk's been um, like Debo has been doing for this um, for this team. Uh, and again, again, it's like a really good matchup here. 
Um, they're coming up against Seattle, who looked absolutely woeful last week against the Washington football team. Um, so I, I think, you know, Brandon Ayuk's a guy you can probably trust in week 13. To finish this one off, I'm going to give you a third one, and it's a quick one, but Van, jo- Van Jefferson against the Jags. Now, since Robert Woods has gone down, it's not Odell Beckham kind of benefiting like we probably expected. It, it's been Van Jefferson. He, he just makes a huge plays down the field for Stafford and he doesn't need many targets as long as he, you know, catches a ball or two because, you know, he does get 30 to 40 yards down the field before he even turns to look at Stafford. Um, he's a touchdown threat and he's built into his season really nicely. He's got a favorable matchup against the Jags. Um, so I think he's definitely a start as well. He's put together some really consistent form in the second half of the season. Yeah, I really like the Jefferson call as well because I think that he's probably on the waiver wire for a few teams too, or in a few leagues as well, just because yeah. people... He hasn't really done a whole lot and he's been sort of, it, it, it's sort of a week by week thing how involved he has been. But definitely with that, the ability to go catch the ball, you know, 20, 30 yards down the field, it gives him massive scores when he does do it. Obviously, last week he only had three catches, but had 93 yards. So, you know, and the, we know the Jags are, you know, probably one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think that, yeah, I think Jefferson's definitely a good call um, this week and he, he might honestly win some people. Um, their matchups this week in the so that flex position. Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata. Now let's get on to our Mailata's matchup miss, the players we should be sitting on our benches this week. You don't want to be going up against Jordan Mailata right now. Um, he's got that uh, all-pro candidacy going right now. He's trying to make the, the Pro Bowl, and I think, he, I think he's probably a good shout right now, isn't he, Ben, our, our friend Jordan Mailata? Um, yeah, I voted for him when the Pro Bowl thing came oh, out the other week. I had, had to vote for the Aussie. So, um, yeah, no, I gave him a vote. So, yeah, it would be good good to see him in the Pro Bowl. Hopefully Michael Dixon as well. He, he deserves his shot. He punted the ball about 25 times for Seattle um, on Monday Night Football. <laughs> really got his right leg of workout. Okay, give me your first bench for the week, Ben. Um, so, I reckon people should be benching Tony Pollard, which might be might catch a few people off guard because obviously there's a bit of hype around him at the moment, but I think that I'm not really buying into the hype too much, um, especially um, even though he's being more involved in the Cowboys offense. Um, so we have seen sort of the last three weeks, he has gotten more rushing yards than Zeke. Um, and last week did have more carries, but Zeke's still getting all of the touches in the red zone and getting all the rushing touchdowns, which obviously we know matters for fantasy. So um, Zeke has been slightly more involved as well in the passing game um, and he's outscored Pollard pretty much every week as well so I think this week Pollard's probably unlikely to be very productive as well coming up against the best fantasy run defense in the Saints who've only allowed 16.5 points on average to running backs and a running back hasn't scored a touchdown or hasn't scored a rushing touchdown against them since week 5 so I think splitting the share with Zeke um, also with the difficulties coming with playing against the Saints and trying to go get you know yards against them. I think Pods is sit this week um, and people should be benching him because I think that he's one of these guys that he's really important to the Cowboys, but I just think from a fantasy perspective, um, it doesn't sort of show um, in the same way. So, yeah, I think that um, although he has been sort of one of the, sort of the most talked about players over the last few weeks, I think that um, he should be uh, sat this week. 
Tony Pollard on the bench. It's a bold call because, like you said, um, he's almost the flavor of the month right now. There's a lot of people who, who are really enjoying his output. Uh, give me your second bench. Uh, so my second is Jerry Judy. And since his return, he hasn't really been the player that we thought he was going to be. He's yet to hit uh, double figures. Um, he's pretty much averaging six targets a game over the last month, and he hasn't scored a touchdown um, at all during that time. And we've seen Denver, they've been a bit weird with the offense this year where they sort of were running the ball a lot, and then they sort of stopped running the ball and were just passing it. And now they've gone back to running the ball a lot again. Um, so, yeah, their run game's pretty much dominating their offense at the moment. And the wide receivers are sort of a bit irrelevant at the Broncos at the moment in a fantasy-wise. And we saw that last week with none of them receiving for over 30 yards um, in the game. So I think that the, the Broncos, especially this week, coming up against Kansas, who earlier this year their passing defense was questionable and we saw that teams were able to put up um, you know, big passing yards against them. But they've really cleaned that up a lot the last few weeks and done a much better job at limiting wide receivers from scoring on them. So I think that, you know, Jerry Judy owners, if they do so, might have another rough week because um, I don't think that his production sort of up to par with, with what it should be. Yeah, he was um, probably a month or two ago. He was the guy that you were trying to get in or you're trying to trade for when he was coming off that IR because we know how like, talented he is. He was the first wide receiver taken in the draft um, a couple of years ago. Uh, or thereabouts. Uh, so, you know, he's a super impressive um, young talent. But right now, the Broncos just can't move the ball down the field. Their defense is looking really good. Um, and their run game is quite solid, you know, with that committee at running back. But um, uh, it's, it's not quite working out um, what they've got with the with the passing game. And Jay Judy hasn't quite benefited from a, from a great QB so far early on in his career. I'll give you a wide receiver in return. And it's Marvin Jones Jr. He's obviously the Jags man. He's coming up against the Rams. Obviously, you know, this is a bad matchup um, in general for Jacksonville, but he just hasn't been able to get much going this year. And, and I think he's just continually just getting some mediocre targets, you know, in the five to six to seven range. I just don't think he's Trevor Lawrence's favorite kind of go-to right now. And yes, Jamal Agnew is out, which kind of helps, but the six to seven targets against Jalen Ramsey, that won't cut it this week. And, you know, he needs a touchdown for his score to be good. And I uh, just don't think touchdowns will be easy to come by against um, that Rams defense. Secondly, for, for a tight end, um, this one's a bit of a bolder claim, I think, because he had two touchdowns last week. But Dawson Knox coming up against the Patriots, his score from last week obviously was very good, 16.7 points. Like that's exactly what you want from your tight end. Um, especially a guy that you've probably found off the waiver wire in Dawson Knox. But that's with two touchdowns and only three targets for the entire game against the Saints, who, you know, the Bills were dominating um, in terms of, you know, holding the holding possession. The Pats, um, in return, just give up the, the second fewest points to tight ends in general. And Josh Allen, you know, he doesn't always go out of his way to, to get Knox involved. We've seen games where he hasn't got a target at all this season. Um, I think this is about as tough a matchup as it gets for, for Dawson. And I think you'll probably struggle to produce in this one against your, your mob. Um, yeah, I think the Bills might need to run the ball a little bit more this week because if they just um, just pass the ball a lot, it's going to be way too predictable um, for the Patriots who we've, we have seen just when it comes to passing the ball, they've been really solid this season at, at stopping the, um, the passing game of most teams. So, yeah, I, I do like that call. I, I think that Knox... Um, He's sort of a guy who it's sort of 
it's just relying on the touchdowns for his sort of scores. He hasn't really picked up big yardage too often this season. He's had two or three games where he's had good yardage, but most of his sort of solid scores have just been a few yards and then obviously picking up a touchdown or two. So we've gone through our starters, Alexander Madison, Brandon Ayuk, Van Jefferson, Hunter Renfro, and Miles Gaskin. And then our Myelata matchup miss, the guys we should be benching are Dawson Knox, Marvin Jones Jr., Tony Pollard, and Jerry Judy for week 13. What are we looking forward to here, Ben? Uh, this is a pretty, there's a couple of pretty exciting matchups. What are you most looking forward to? Um, so that Patriots versus Bills game, which will be uh, Tuesday morning here, but, you know, Monday night football. So it's a massive matchup in the AFC East. Um, kind of the Patriots sitting one game ahead of the Bills, but they have to play each other two times still. So they're playing each other this week and then again um, a fortnight later. But I think this will give us sort of a good indication of, um, you know, who, who may sort of take out that division. And um, sort of, I guess, see like how good the Patriots really are because I think that they've had a sort of a few easy games um, of late. They've come up against a few easy teams or they've come up against a few teams that have been, you know, a bit beat up. So... I think coming up against you know, a full-strength Bills team, it will go give us a good sort of indication of where the Patriots are. And I'm also just looking forward to Cooper Cup um, versus the Jags. I expect him to put up just a massive score um, against them because obviously we know that not it's not just the yardage, but he catches the ball about 10 times a game. And obviously with a half PPR, um, it helps a lot. So I'm expecting, you know, I'm hoping for a score of around 20 from him, which will which would be nice um, for, for my, my team. Yeah, you're going to need it with no CMC for the foreseeable future. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a different one, but Dolphins versus Giants on Monday morning. Now, this is a pretty random matchup, but Miami's on a four-game win streak, if you haven't noticed, and three of the last five for New York, um, the Giants have won, with some respectable losses to Tampa and Kansas City as well in there. Both these sides are, are kind of in form. And it is a random matchup, but I'm looking forward to watching Daniel Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just am. For, for, a more, um, for, a, for a matchup that more influences the playoff race, the Chargers versus the Bengals will be all-out offense, in my opinion. And Herbert versus Burrow is, is just an awesome spectacle. That's just about as good as it gets for um, young quarterbacks in this league. Uh, the Chargers, you know, they've got a tied record with the Broncos and the Raiders. So they're one loss away from being the bottom of their division, whereas the Bengals, they're a game behind the, um, the leading Ravens. So, you know, it's a huge game for both sides. And, and the Bengals at 7-4, and four, they've been a very surprisingly good side this year. And I think they might be able to continue it here against the Chargers side, who's kind of been struggling for form and just been really up and down this year. Yeah, no, actually, I didn't even realise those two teams were playing each other, but that's, that's going to be a great game. And obviously, you know, two very potent offences as well. Um, in both the passing and the run game. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a great game this week. Well, make sure you follow us at Drop Punters Pod on Twitter and the innersanctum.com.au is all is where you can go for all our fantasy football content. We're looking forward to week 13 of the NFL fantasy season and we'll see you on the other side.